0: Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined this week by Victoria Whitehead, who is a portfolio manager on our global credit team. And if we think generally about the environment for fixed income, I think it's safe to say it's a bit challenging right now. Uh, You have rising interest rates, rising inflation expectations. So that always uh, makes it difficult, perhaps, for fixed income investors to decide where to allocate. If you're a corporate bond portfolio manager, however, it's not necessarily also bad. You have a good macroeconomic environment. Strong growth, particularly in Europe, recovery from the pandemic, lockdown restrictions easing, vaccinations improving. And along with that, we're seeing quite good corporate profits and rising earnings momentum. So that, that's a good news. The final challenge though, however, uh, are probably valuations, I'd suspect. If you look at spreads for Eurozone investment grade corporate bonds, uh, they're pretty close to the lowest levels we've seen since before the global financial crisis. So a lot to think about, a lot to deal with. So my first question for you, Victoria, is whether or not investors should be worried about the impact of rising inflation or rates on credit
1: markets. OK, so the answer to that question is that it it is complicated. Um, The um, history has told us that um, the uh, credit markets react more to the volatility uh, associated uh, with uh, rate rises rather than the actual uh, level themselves. Uh, We have seen in previous uh, um, periods, uh, 2013, uh, the famous uh, taper tantrum uh, when uh, rates shut up very quickly and uh, credit markets reacted negatively to that. We did see uh, credit spreads uh, widening. But it was a very short and sharp widening that that quickly reversed and credit markets actually then subsequently outperformed. Uh, government bond markets uh, as a result. And then we had a period in 2018 where credit spreads uh, reacted negatively and widened uh, for a more of a prolonged period. But that was associated with a period not only just of rate rises, but also weak economic activity. And I think the most important thing uh, to think about with credit markets is the biggest uh, the or the best correlation uh, with credit markets and spreads is that of economic growth. So when we are in periods where economic growth is improving when we have um, PMI data that is improving. That's usually uh, correlates with uh, rate with spreads tightening. So I don't think it's necessarily a problem of rate rising. I think it's more how quickly that rate rise happens and how much or how quickly the markets anticipate that rate rise. Certainly, what we've seen so far this year is a big outperformance of credit markets relative to government bond markets. Uh, We have had very, very low credit spread volatility uh, compared to uh, rates. And this is consistent with what we see in periods of rising uh, economic performance, improving uh, uh, company results. Credit spreads can then rally uh, regardless of uh, the rate rises. If if rate rises are um, coming for positive reasons, then the market does take that positively.
0: So that's reasonably comforting then, given the outlook for rates and inflation. The other challenge, of course, that we've all faced over the last 18 months now, it seems, uh, is the COVID crisis and the lockdowns. How have you seen corporate issuers having managed the COVID crisis?
1: They've actually managed it relatively well, I think, um, given how fearful we were um, uh, during last year. Uh, So March uh, last year, clearly, we we were in unprecedented uh, territory. Uh, and uh, spreads widen significantly as a result. Um, but I think that corporates have managed to navigate this period uh, relatively well, and that's due to a combination of several things. But, but clearly, the support that they received very quickly uh, from the various uh, central bank actions uh, around the world, uh, in the United States, uh, the, uh, the Fed uh, started to buy uh, specifically Uh, some crossover type bonds, so bonds that are high quality, high yield uh, in certain specific names. And that um, was a good signal uh, to the market that um, there was going to be support for for corporates uh, from central banks. We also saw in Europe uh, and elsewhere um, increases of uh, quantitative easing and the programs uh, whereby the central banks buy corporate bonds uh, in the markets. And the uh, the ECB uh, and the Bank of England were very quick to react to that situation and increase those programs. So there was, there was definitely support coming from, from the central banks, which helped. And then um, we actually saw corporates issuing an enormous amount of uh, corporate bonds in order to shore up their balance sheet and to shore up their liquidity. Um, You know, it was very unclear, I think, going through uh, Q2 last year. It was very unclear. Uh, There was very little uh, visibility, I think, for corporates about how the pandemic was going to play out and what the impact would be on their credit ratings. So they were very quick to uh, issue bonds um, which uh, which then enabled them to, um, as I said, to improve the liquidity on their balance sheet, uh, which gave um, the rating agencies uh, enough enough space to um, to not downgrade uh, a lot of the companies uh, uh, very quickly. So they had space to navigate this very difficult uh, turbulent time. Um, we did initially see uh, see some downgrades happening. Um, uh, in, the, in the second quarter of last year. But these were realistically corporates who were already possibly on uh, on the cusp of high yield anyway. So the, I think the COVID crisis brought forward that decision. Uh, and then we are now in a situation where we are seeing um, rising stars coming back into uh, investment-grade territory. We're seeing a situation where corporates have record levels of cash piles on the balance sheets. Um, So uh, we're also seeing a situation where earnings are improving, uh, leverage is coming down. Uh, and defaults are also coming down very importantly. So I think that we can probably conclude that um, certainly compared to what the uh, the worst of our expectations were back in uh, March of last year, that they have navigated this situation very well indeed.
0: So of course, one of the other big themes that we've had developing over the last couple of years or several years, frankly, is ESG and investments with a green orientation Now, I think at the beginning, people tended to associate this with equity investments, but I think we've also seen uh, the whole space mature and start to bring in other parts of the asset management world, and certainly now corporate debt is part of that universe. So how have you seen the developments – and increasing popularity of green investing and ESG thematics affecting your market?
1: Well, it is definitely uh, a huge growth market in, in uh, European corporate bonds. Um, we have, uh, well, globally, we've had uh, about $180 billion worth of um, bonds being issued uh, in the market year to date. Um, which, which means that we are seeing volumes of a similar magnitude than we saw for the full year uh, 2020 and for the full year 2019. Um, so it is clearly a market that is in uh, in growth. Um, so green bonds now probably represent about 20% of the uh, the corporate new issues that we've seen in the European market so far. And uh, one of the most interesting developments has been that uh, green bonds are becoming increasingly on the radar of the uh of the central banks as part of their purchase program um, so the ecb is increasingly focusing uh their activities or their purchases on uh on green bonds and green green investing uh, in general so that what that means for us is that uh, whereas previously uh green bonds would come with a slight discount to the um to the uh, non-green corporate bond market we are now seeing that they're coming with a slight premium to existing corporate bonds this reflects the um for the moment the fact that they are are a smaller part of the market uh, and also uh, the interest that we're seeing uh, from uh, ESG investing we have seen uh, a huge huge inflows into the uh, ESG asset class So that means that uh, these bonds are being priced slightly more uh, uh, expensive than the existing uh, secondary bond, um, which, again, is then attracting uh, more and more issuers to uh, to think about uh, issuing a green bond. Currently, uh, the only difference between a green and a non-green bond is that the green bond is issued specifically to fund uh, um, various uh, ESG uh, projects um, be it um, green uh, bonds specifically, which, which will focus on the environmental um, aspects. And then we are also seeing uh, bonds uh, which are called sustainability-linked bonds. Uh, and the, uh, the coupon on those bonds is specifically connected with the uh, achievement of specific goals uh, that are set out by the company. So uh, we are seeing some interesting developments uh, within the ESG uh, index uh, universe itself.
0: Thanks very much, Victoria, you've explained to us how rising inflation rates are not necessarily such a problem for corporate credit markets. Uh, The lesson that you took from the taper tantrum in 2018 is that it's the volatility in rates that is perhaps the biggest challenge as opposed to the level itself. And of course, the most uh, significant correlation is with positive economic growth. And today, uh, that's a supportive factor for the market. Your view on how companies have managed the COVID crisis is that it was better than expected. So it's also positive. Uh, Crucially, that was due to not only support from the central banks, which we had after the global financial crisis, but also the support from governments, which was a big change. Uh, but between those two supports, particularly companies were able to issue a lot of bonds at attractive rates to shore up the balance sheets, which then fed to, to more support from credit rating agencies and fewer downgrades. Finally, we talked about green bonds and ESG thematics. Uh, you pointed out that it's a rapidly growing and, and becoming an important market. Uh, within corporate bonds, Uh, and that an interesting point you made was that green bonds used to be priced at a discount to traditional bonds, but now they're coming out at a premium, and partly because of the focus you're getting on green bonds from the ECB. Well, that's all we have time for today. If you'd like more information, please check out our Investors Corner blog, or if you have any further questions, reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. I'd like to thank Victoria for sharing her insights with us today. Please join us next week when I'll be speaking with Kwong Nguyen to discuss the outlook for emerging market equities. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management.